welcome to the podcast, Kayla. I'm happy to be here. Uh, what a what a fun thing to be doing, really. I mean that. This really? Is, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I know you have so much interesting stuff to talk about, so I was <laughs> very excited to talk to you. Because you're a cool person, honestly. Like, you have a lot of, I feel like you have a lot of hobbies and a lot of, like, things you like to do. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I it, It's funny. I feel so involved in, like improv and stuff um uh but yeah i'm, I'm definitely like I, I get my fingers in too many pies <laughs> and <laughs> i always wanting to do something you know new so uh i, pre- I appreciate it from the outside it seems cool and not uh, fr- a frantic mess like it can feel like in my mind this is the first time my office has i've seen a lot of this floor um and i was like i'm taking this podcast as an excuse to clean up so thank you i've gotten what i need out of it are we done um, um this has been fun yeah it's been a great time um it's been absolutely great um, but what's your relationship to improv when, when did you start i started in high school really um, yeah uh dad's garage actually local atlanta theater uh, used to do high school outreach programs um and I actually had no interest in improv uh, when we did like our kind of auditions because they could only take like 15 people and we were a pretty big theater program. So they did kind of like a workshop audition kind of thing and then narrowed it down to the people that like would be pretty good about it. Yeah. I helped out with that audition process because I was in the drama leadership or whatever. And while I was doing it, I was like, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why wouldn't you want a script? Like there's no way this is going to be meaningful. (laughs) By the end of that audition, I loved it. By the end of the eight weeks, I was obsessed with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's I, I, there, there's, there's elements there. We won the inter-high school competition at the end of that. Okay, flex. My joke, we were in last place. It was the last joke of the night. It was like my, it's like my Mighty Ducks moment. <laughs> and I think if you're, you want to know what? You asked me about my relationship to improv. I'm just chasing that. And I'll never, I will never, I will never achieve it again. I will never ever. It was literally the last joke. I nearly broke my friend's back doing it. But. What are like your strengths when it comes to performing? Like what are things that you naturally kind of fall into doing because you know that you're good at them? Um, I like, hmm. I like kind of making dense improv, dense comedy that like, is is like self-referential in that just like you know it's like i want to bring back stuff that we've already used i want to i want to find patterns i i i really don't you know want to see like things that are initially really disparate and unrelated how they can tie in and like i almost every show kind of view it as a puzzle a little bit it's like how can these things relate and you know, there was just some early in my improv experience. We played a ton. We played mind meld like competitively. I was gonna say this reminds me of mind meld. Yeah, <laughs> and basically after we did that, and I was like trying, like really trying to like beat my teammates to the punch. Um, we, you know, you know, I just basically realized that like there's a connection between anything. Like there is. You You'll just have there. to. You just have to let yourself think like believe it you know a lot of times it's just saying it confidently um and you know i mean it crashes and burns sometimes but you know it is something that i seem to be good at 
And it's just like the, I call it the magic trick. It's, it's something that like can only like improv can do, but just where you reveal that all that stuff in the beginning actually mattered. Like we, it isn't just a throwaway thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really, if I have something that I consider like is my specialty is, um, a little bit, you know, different about me and what just is fulfilling. That's, that's really that yeah, for me. I think I've seen that from you mm-hmm. before. I, you feel like, I feel like you play a lot of analytical characters. Yeah, I do. I well, try, you do it well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I try not to like comment on the scene too much, but you know, I did a lot of, uh, Meisner based improv training. Oh, uh, explain that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Meisner is, you know, kind of the second generation of method acting and it's really about reaction and and all of that and getting emotions across and Mandy Butler who's a professor of Meisner studies at a a university up in one of the Carolinas one of those I forget which um (laughs) she uh she she just did a bunch of classes I was in a workshop with her like every Saturday for like a year and a half during the pandemic it was over zoom and i learned so much from it but basically you know the ultimate thing is just like say say what you see when you see it is 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 a phrase that she used a lot and i just started doing that in improv just literally just like if i see something and i think it's interesting i i will sometimes be like no stop getting distracted i wanted to i want to ask about this you know it's that translates well yeah 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 it it definitely does because you kind of have nothing more than what's there yeah. And, and there's so, there, oftentimes it's like if you're willing to let yourself really interpret like everything that you're seeing, there's just a gold mine, you know, some, you, yeah. know, you know, that's, that's my opinion on it. And being really, able to be really present is definitely a skill, I think. Yes. Like being able to, because sometimes you can feel when people plan things out in advance and mm-hmm. even if it's funny, it feels different than if somebody says something that you're like, that was the first thing that just came to their mind. Mm-hmm. Like being really present in saying exactly what you're thinking when you're thinking it yes or or like you know it's like uh, saying it 0.5 seconds before the audience thought it you, mm-hmm. you know you know that speed and what happened and I like playing fast and you know I mean it's funny because these two things that I really like you know like doing you know being really like plot or structure focused and then being really reactive kind of two opposite ends of improv and finding the balance in there is kind of like constantly what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that to, is, is about the kind of the vi- environment I'm in. It's a little easier to be, it's, you know, in a jam setting where it's just random people, random stuff going on. Yeah. I focus more on the reactive stuff when I've been on teams, like we've had some really complex formats that we pulled off every time and it was great. That was super gratifying for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, those are, those are, those are a lot of things that I really enjoy with improv there. Wow. Um, That's so great to hear that it's so many things. Oh, There's so yeah. many reasons to love it. Everybody has their own reasons for wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is something you're working on? I know you just said that's where you're working on, but what's something else you're like focusing on when you really are like trying to grow? Well, you know, what's funny is I'm going to maybe sound pretentious as I say this, but... Oh, uh, no, I can't wait. Me being pretentious? No way. <laughs> you? This is an imposter. Can't be. Uh, is that... Um, 
I am looking for spaces where I can grow. Okay. Um, I have just not been in an environment where I can serious. I can kind of take my improv seriously for a while. For for a while. Um, what are you looking for? Is it like a particular space, or is it more so the community or the? I mean, I think it is a space, and I mean, part of it is I have just not carved out that space for myself. Um, and I am kind of working on that somewhat, but, you know, uh, going from kind of, like, having to impress everybody to wanting to pull in people that, like, you're really impressed with. Because really what I want is I want to play with people who are better than me. Right. Like, I'm kind of at this point where it's like I- I'm getting bad habits playing with people who are a lot less experienced than me. It's like that's no shade. That's no tea on them. Yeah. Just, just like I you know, enjoy making, I enjoy making them look good, but then I don't take care of myself. You know, you know, I feel like guilty when I get a laugh in in some ways, because I'm just like, I really would have rather, you know, help this, you know, new person, you know, get the layup on the joke or whatever else. Um, And, you know, long conversation we can have about that. But like, you know, in the end, I think I just really do want a space that's challenging. And that's what I'm, I mean, really what I'm trying to work on is, building that space um yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at a weird weird thing because there's just a ton of skills i want to build on i feel really to be honest very atrophied why Uh, so just because i kind of have been in this general setting i haven't had a team i haven't really built anything it's all been just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and after that night it really doesn't matter and you know that's improv you know you know it's not supposed to be that like every show is you know this amazing, you know, amazing, perfect thing that everybody should have, everybody should have been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel better when you're like building something like, you know, yeah. you're building, you know, your relationship with your team or like doing, you know, a specific format that you're not like you need the, uh, I need to develop skills that that forces me to use or whatever. And I've just kind of had, you know, it's just it's just sort of been going and running on the treadmill as opposed to, like, having a weight regiment. You know? Right, right. I know it feels different working towards a long-term goal. I don't know why, but it's just those kind of rehearsals and practices feel different. Mm-hmm. Like, I found that with the team, you know, versus in my classes at Dad's or at the Jams. It just feels different to be with a group of people that you're like, this is a bond that we want to, like, grow like yeah. I like every week I would like to feel like I know you a little bit better than the week before whereas maybe at jams and stuff I'm more so like I just want to have a good time like I just want yeah. to chill and I also want to get better but I also just want to have a good time yeah so what I guess you know what where do you want improv to go from here for you what how, what kind of place in your life would you like improv to have That's an interesting question. One I've been funny you funny you uh, asked to interview me at, like this exact date almost. Really? Uh, yeah, I've been actually like seeking advice on this a lot mm. because I have effectively been doing improv for a decade longer, a decade. Um, I have never really found a home, and. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, plenty of which are not kind of anybody's fault. I just haven't found the right place, um, or other places have just not been right for me, like, just straight up, like, 
I do improv not because I want to get famous necessarily. I'm not an actor. I kind of don't want to be famous. I do it as an art form. And I think it's really fulfilling. And I think it works a part of my brain that is just almost impossible to stretch. I mean, you know, I was talking to you right before we started that, you know, it's (laughs) like I uh, run a lot of Dungeons & Dragons tabletop role-playing games and part of the reason I, you know, I'm in the Dungeon Master chair is that sometimes the only way to fully fill my attention is six people wanting, you know, my, my attention at once. Like, I'm <laughs> very ADHD, uh, big time, big time, big time. And improv is like that, you know, it's like, except in front of an audience, like a real audience and... Real people. Uh, yeah, like people who matter, you know, they're people not... People who bought th- a ticket to be in this room. Yes, exactly. And, you know, the stress of it is fun. As Even, even as much as succeeding is fun, just like fully being engaged like that is fun. And I guess, you know, that's what I'm seeking to find is, is a place where I can focus mostly on being engaged in the improv and don't have to think about so much just like are we going to have practice this week are we you know are we on the same page about kind of improv in general you know it's like we're all learning but you know there's a bunch of different styles of improv and like that you know that people have different goals and they all can work as great improv shows but like my two people who are very talented maybe even like each other might not be good um, partners in improv because they just don't have the same style of humor or aren't imagining the show, you know, the same way. And, you know, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a place where, you know, to be completely honest, I'm wanting to find that or I think I need to look elsewhere mm-hmm. for, you know, my artistic endeavors yeah. outside of improv and comedy. Yeah. Um, so that's so a place where you're challenged and you can grow, but also where you feel supportive and safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That I mean, that's a huge part of it because I feel like sometimes too, performing at one place like a bibliotech versus dynamic, it felt like two completely different things. They oh were yeah. Not similar. No. And if I I think if I would have found dynamic first, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it because that one was a little more intimidating. Yeah. And because it's on an actual stage with lights and stuff, that can be a little, like, to somebody who doesn't normally do it, you mm-hmm. know, like, that can be scary. And, you know, I can, I, I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different places in Atlanta. Like, uh, the joke was before the pandemic that I was the mayor of Improv Town because I was, like, one of the few people that <laughs> went to Dad's, went to Village, went to, God, you know, it's like I... Used to be, I was at the basement theater when I was 18 and was one of the few people who knew what that was. I'm sure you have no idea. I've never heard of it. Yeah. They literally were in a basement. Uh, They got shut down because their liquor license, they finally got busted about not having a liquor license. I gotta be real. (laughs) They got away with it for like 10 years. And you know, it's like Bibliotech and Dynamic El Dorado. It's like the, you know, the most basic difference is one had the the lights on, one had the lights off. Like, you know, it was dark and dynamic and it's full bright at Bibliotech. (laughs) And it really influences what you know style of comedy who comes you know who stays yeah um and i think we're in a pretty limited spot um 
village is going. Um, Dad's garage is really overstuffed um, right now. Though, shouts out to them. They're doing their community nights uh, on Wednesdays now. Um, to put this in a very specific point in time. Uh, do recommend people, if they've never been over to Dad's garage, go check it out. I'm, I love it. Yeah, they're really... Dad's garage is actually some of the best improv in the country. It's it's weird. They're known for short form, but actually what I learned there is that we just drilled montage. We drilled with no rules. They, they were like, you need to be able to do a 20-minute set and make it diverse and interesting and you, you you know use what all the resources you have and then then we can go back and do games like it's like if you can do that then then this is going to be easy like that's this is just to make it like nice and easy for the audience really yeah. really and truly um and i've not gotten that anywhere else and um even really really other good organizations you know io uh ucb uh, they you know they all focus on like the herald and learning the herald and the herald's really good and i really recommend everybody understand it um but honestly it doesn't build as good skills simply because you need to worry about the format rather than just being like well we have an unmolded piece of clay here which is you know in this metaphor 20 minutes 20 <laughs> minutes on a stage is our unmolded piece of clay that, that's actually that checks out yeah, yeah, yeah i was yeah. like you need to be able to do some to make something worth seeing with no with no other flourishes, no other tools, just your own hands. Yeah. And do it together. And if you can do that, you can do anything. And you know, I think I think Brett and the Bibliotech Jam and 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 those are really good because they just offer space for people to get in here and learn. But I think there needs to be more people who like have a vision right. of what they think an Im- improv should be, you know, and it's yeah. not even they think it's the only vision, but they have a vision. And they bring people in and say, you're going to help me with this vision. And, you know, if you see it, great, stick around, you know, help me build it. Or if you don't, you know, that's cool. Yeah. You know, peace. But, like, we're going to take it seriously. And we're going to take responsibility for it. Um, And I just, you know, there's a lot of teams. There's quite a few good independent teams. But there's just as many kind of stuff that just... Kind of just people pounding around. And, yeah. you know, it's like I can, I've heard the disappointment from those people, like that they don't take it seriously. And, you know, a lot of those just kind of eventually like peter out. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had, I've had troubles with teams for that exact reason since the pandemic. Um, and that's just kind of disappointing. Um, you work from home, right? Yeah, I work from home. Yeah. You're, oh, you're just where the magic happens. <laughs> Right here. This is this where is I fix drugs prices. Um, oh, where'd the other one go? Where, what? Actually, where did it go? Wait. What the fuck? It was just right there. What? Oh, wait. Here, it's under your chair. Oh. It must have fallen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was what so... Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I, <laughs> Why yeah. was my first thought there's a ghost in here? Uh, like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, that is an interesting question. Why do you think there's a ghost in here? Did you, well, have you had ghostly experience? Well, it's funny. Tonight at Shay's show, somebody brought up ghosts. How they were, or it was Martine, actually. He was mm. like, I think ghosts are real. And I was like, do I? Do mm. I think they're real? Because mm. I'm not going to say they're not because I don't want to jinx it for myself. Mm, you know what I mean? Fair. Someone's going to show up tonight. 
You can blaspheme against ghosts. It's okay. You can what? Blaspheme against them. I'm, you know, I blaspheme God all the time, and he hasn't... Well, he gave me cancer, I guess. Uh, you had cancer? Yeah, when I was a teenager. Can you uh, talk about it, or do you not Yeah, like no, it? I totally can. Uh, this happens every time I bring up... Uh, or you don't have to really head. get into it. You know? Yeah, you know, just I mean... Get, just, I didn't, just didn't know how big of a, an impact it have on your life. Um, I had a hole in my head for a year. Um, what? Yep, yep. I lost some teeth. Just uh, so I only chew on my right side now, but they, uh, the my my fucking surgeons shout out Trad, Trad, uh, fucking Trad. What kind of a name is that? <laughs> a, a fucking G. He, he was like fifty five at the time, like maybe <laughs> maybe in his late forties, like and his name was Trad, um, <laughs> fucking G. Yeah, the the real fun thing is like so I found out when I was sixteen. It was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school and uh, uh, get your teeth cleaned people if uh, it looks like there's a bruise in your mouth that's probably a tumor don't get sick when you're 16 is the second suggestion because they didn't pedi- pediatricians didn't know what to do with me I was just way too big adult doctors were like that's a baby right. uh, and Everybody was kind of like shifting me around and then Trad, like a G walked in took <laughs> one look at my chart Poked, poked his head in my mouth for a second is like, I'll get it. I'll get it. Once, I'll get it. One, one sec. <laughs> what, literally, he did. Like, I was in surgery like two weeks after. He got it with margins, one surgery, no chemo, no radiation, nothing. And it was perfect. It was... What? Yep. I mean, you got unlucky and then lucky at the same time. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's all that blaspheming I was doing. Wow, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the devil, you know, slipped in on my behalf. God tried to strike me down. Um, but <laughs> that really said, is something. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, what's really funny about him is that, like, I saw him, like, you know, every six months for five years afterwards. And he, or sometime sooner, and he would bring in other doctors to be like, hey, check this shit. No. And, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd just bring it. If he didn't have a doctor there, he'd bring in, like, his grad students to be like, check Are this you shit. serious? Oh, yeah. Because it was both the hole he was impressed in, which was impressive, but then he also sealed it back up. And I have, like, natural this natural skin graft stuff. It looks like chewing gum. Uh, been there, and it seals the hole. I have. I don't have to do anything. It's... Uh, yeah, I love that Trad is taking a victory lap. Uh, as he should. <laughs> Listen, Trad's a fucking G. I am, he he is, I should be sending him flowers every year. In fact, I need to track down where he is and send him like, dude, you're one of the sickest motherfuckers I have ever run against. I'm sorry if this is a rated G podcast. Um, I just threw that out. Did you like growing up here? Yeah, yeah, I lived up, I, I did grow up in Gwinnett County, um, which is a suburb to the northeast. Um and, uh, you know, I would say that Atlanta is such a suburban city that I really do feel like I'm from here. I've only lived down, like, down in the perimeter for maybe, like, the last five, six years or so. And I've really liked it. I've, I've liked it a lot more, actually. Um, Just because you're, is it the location that you're closer? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff going down here, especially around, you know, comedy. I, I lived five minutes from every improv theater in my previous place like every single even one. now you're what 10 minutes away yeah from it's not day. it's not far get on that highway get Go on right that up. highway <laughs> uh, have you ever done stand-up once 
Um, mm-hmm. Once, uh, actually, it was sort of a surprise. Um, <laughs> I felt I had to do it because it was at an event where a portrait of me was being displayed, like a bunch of portraits, but one of them was of me, and it was done for free. The uh, And they were like... Well, we're doing an open mic, and not a ton of people had come. I was like, fuck it, I'll read what's on my phone. And I did have some ideas. The first one being to just make a bologna sandwich on stage. Oh. Which I actually killed. Just the idea of it. Like, <laughs> like everybody's like, fuck, that would be funny if you just came out. Like, be like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I didn't get to eat dinner before this. Do you mind if I'm just, like, make a sandwich real quick and you just make it on, like, the stool? <laughs> you don't mind, do you? And then it just, like, silence while you make it. I'm telling you, it would be fucking... They, like, what would you think after, like, 15 seconds? You'd be, you'd be like, he's not really doing it. He's gonna give this up, right? Like, <laughs> Surely this is gonna this is 30 gonna minutes. Stop. And then no matter how fast or slow you make the sandwich, it's gonna be faster than anyone expected. <laughs> like, like because you made it and ate it within a stand-up set. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, that's you know, what minimum or no more than two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or that's like a short amount of time, but that's it would be like an open mic. Yeah. You like to watch comedy? Like stand up comedy. Stand up comedy. You know, I have been getting more and more into it actually. Stand up's been kind of calling my name as of late, I think. Maybe just the challenge of it a little bit. But Would you want to try it again? Yeah. No, I actually have kind of been planning on it. Um, I just, in all honesty, it's weird to say, but it's like, I don't really know where to begin. Like, uh, you know, it's like, I kind of have ideas, but I'm not really sure how to roll them together. Or, you know, so, so often the comedy that I do is about the situation or about reacting to things as they are. And kind of, like, having to set it up all on my own and pay it off in a very exact way is, you know, that's not a skill set I have, um, you know, specifically. Uh, so, yeah, I've been looking at stand-up classes even, but they are so expensive. So expensive. They really are. I know. I know, but I do think these are useful classes and I get my money's worth. Oh, absolutely. So, which, like, you, you agree with that as well, yeah. but it's just... It is one of those things where it's like, it's it's expensive. I could go to Europe probably for the price of two classes, you know? Yeah. But it's a good skill set to have. And I was talking to somebody in my level two class the other day, and he was like, I feel like I'm a much better conversationalist after starting improv, and I just feel a lot more com- or, uh, a lot more confident in day-to-day conversations with, like, coworkers and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you are building a lifelong usable skill. And some people are afraid of it, and then they try it, and they're like, I'm a good public speaker mm-hmm. or like I'm a good, you know, you could be a good salesman or something, you don't know. Uh, that's actually like one of the things I love about improv is, is that I would be in classes with like moms, like suburban moms or like retired, retired people, like who just sort of randomly decided to take class and they would be so funny. It would be so funny, and they come from really different places, and it would mm. it just was delightful for me. Like even that was you know, uh, I I saw that the most when I was at the basement, um, which was very early in my my improv career. But I was already getting jaded to like what the typical improv moves were, and I was kind of just being like, uh-huh, I don't want to do another you know interview scene or whatever else. You know, it's like yeah. I've done this, and then they just come in here with the most random stuff, and I love it and i and i love you know help you know it's just it makes me feel good to see them succeed and a lot of the times they notice things in what i'm doing that i totally miss because it's just you know not what i'm looking at but it's very cool to see it noticed and yeah all that so yeah i also have an addiction to new people 
because I do. I just, <laughs> I just like, I just like those people. I, you I like new people. I That's do really like cute. new people. I do. I, you know, I, I'm sitting here complaining about not having, you know, like one team that I can go live in my, you know, <laughs> castle with. Uh, and part of it is I just, I love, I, I, I love meeting new people. I love, I love, you know, people who aren't necessarily like in the scene or in the, in the art form. What is interesting to you about people? Generally? Um, wow, that's a, that's about as big a question as you could ask, but I will attempt to answer (laughs) it. Take your time. (laughs) Um, what do I like about people? Yeah. Get the phrasing right? Well, I'm, you know, what are your, what are some of the things that when you see people you're most excited to get into? Um, I like people who have a strong point of view, like in their life, like they know how they see things and they don't even have to think that they're hundred percent right. You know, um, you know, I, 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 I talk a big game, but like really, really and truly it's like if somebody calls bullshit on me, like I'm just like, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't stand by You're it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, there's a grain of truth in there, but probably everything I said, yeah, whatever, you know, you know, and be humble about it. And I just really do enjoy other people who, can do that too, you know, know, know how they feel, know what they want. Um, even if they don't know that about themselves, like even if they aren't like a person who thinks of themselves as having strong opinions or anything like that, but they're just, they're just people who just, you know, live their life how they want to and, you know, have their, uh, you know, their opinions or viewpoints or whatever you want to call it. And I really like I really like meeting people who who like don't don't quite realize how how unique their 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 perspective is and just learning about it. Like I just love I I love to do this that that you're that you're doing. Um, right Likewise, what to me? <laughs> yeah, and I really like you know to to see where people's brains go and you yeah. know what what are they. What do they want to talk about? We're just literally, like, even just unconscious. I love where people's heads go when they're not thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you That's know. part of what makes improv endearing to me is that you do kind of get to see what it's people... What's the in- naked underbelly of their <laughs> mind. Yeah, because sometimes people say things, I'm like, on what planet? Like, I wasn't there at all. But mm-hmm. that's so exciting. I'm sure a lot wow. of people know me because I do improv with, I've d- done improv with entire. I found out I need to be way stronger to do that. To uh, do one prop? One, no, improv with attire. With a tire? With a tire. Oh, do you not know about this? No. Oh, yeah. Ro- roadside assistance uh, <laughs> with me and spare the tire off the back of my RAV4. Um, he's a strong, silent type actor. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Inspired by Mark Kendall. Uh, I actually got his blessing. I wasn't going to do it, and I ran into him in a bar randomly. I hadn't seen him in years. And I was like, I have this crazy fucking idea. And he was like, do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I have to do it now. <laughs> and I did. And, you know, I like I like weird shit like that. I don't, I don't oh, that's know. That's cool. And you have soapbox, too. Dude, mm. you're so creative. Mm. And then you do something with it. You're not just thinking about it like you put a show together. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I got producer brain, right? brain put it, put, it, put it however you wish but yeah you know i'm I'm macro that's that's where i kind of exist bird's eye view um and you know i just find that a lot of fun I, I think there's a lot you can do and we have a lot of open space to do stuff and 
I don't know, not, you know, that I'm here to give advice to anybody, but, you know, do encourage anybody else. You really can do a lot here in Atlanta right now. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, everybody that came from New York is like, holy shit, I don't have to pay $100 to get, you know, 45 minutes of stage time. Like, holy Really? Sh- Wow. Yeah. It's not like that at all. Oh, yeah. It's not oh, like no, they're no, handing no. out stage time, but also it's like there's a lot of clay that they want. They kind of set out on the table and they're like, if you want to do something with it, mm-hmm. if you just want to hang out, that's also fine. Yep. But get butts and seats. Um, yeah, yeah. Just go. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. You actually, you have the opportunity to even make some money sometimes with the shows. Yeah. If you, I, you know, not that it's ever like a ton of money, but like if $10 a ticket, if you get like. 50 people in there, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, Keeps no. the lights on, you know. Yep, it absolutely can. Um, I definitely, Soapbox is going to have growth. Um, it's super popular. Yeah. It's Hell yeah, it's going to have growth. It's a, it's a good show. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I would say the last Soapbox that I had um, was the best one and if really feel like self act like like i kind of was like all right that's that's how i wanted it to be there's a few like technical tweaks i want to make for Mm -hmm. number 10 um but honestly it's there it's it's i'm I'm excited to uh just kind of cruise along now a little bit but i don't know and you have street cred now people are talking about you (laughs) the word is out (laughs) soapbox is fun and i was so sad to miss it because i was supposed to do tech for you but then i was in the (laughs) um he's flipping me off (laughs) um you can't you can't prove that (laughs) but i'm glad that i was in the village tournament though that was a fun turn of events but i was sad to miss your show and then it happened to be like a sold out amazing show uh, you might not have gotten in the door. We turned away people. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, pretty had to because we wow. were like at capacity. But would you ever want to live anywhere else? Yeah, I always expected I did. I always expected I would. Mm-hmm. I was actually I was born abroad. Um, what? Yeah, to American parents. Uh, I am American. I damn you, Germany, uh, for not giving me partial citizenship. But I was born mm-hmm. in Germany. Um, was your? Did you have a parent in the military? Uh, military auditor. Oh, he uh, you don't have to bleep this out, but uh, at the point that he retired, he was the top like uh, defense auditor in the United States uh, government. Wow. Okay, flex. That sounds really important. Uh, it. That's cool. Did you did you travel a lot, or did you guys get to go with him when he traveled? I spent a lot of time in DC. He spent a lot of time in DC. Oh. Um. Uh. You know, we did less travel than you would have thought. I just ended up being the man in the house when I was, like, five. Um, Uh, (laughs) A lot, which, you know, uh, positives and negatives there. Yeah. Um, You grow up really fast, and you only get a childhood once, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I I think I had one, technically. Um, (laughs) Let's put some somber tones in here well at least you got to travel abroad that's a positive yeah yeah and i have traveled abroad i've done a lot i've, I've done quite a bit of traveling and i'd like have to you? do more um but yeah to answer your question i mean i always expected to leave like i went to college in georgia just because of the hope scholarship which completely paid for it um wow i got a rub it in <laughs> it was sweet it was so sweet it's it rules it's the one good thing about georgia and it really isn't even a thing anymore 
Did you go to University of Georgia? Yeah, I did. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Twice national champions. <laughs> get get fucked, you fucking frogs or whatever the hell you were. God couldn't save you just because you're a Christian school. Pray harder. I blaspheme again. Pray harder. I'm going to get cancer a second time after. Once God hears this podcast, I am cooked. Yeah. I'm finished. It's over for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so, what are some other things that work your creative brain? What are some other hobbies you have? Mm. Well, you know, I do still... Uh, I'm, I'm getting back into the tabletop game thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just because it is, it's it's a lot lower stakes. Um, and in a lot of ways, I have a lot more creative freedom. You know, and, and it just inspires me. I, I want to write... Um, but I don't really have a context to do it in because I've, um, I've written poetry most of my life kind of just for my own enjoyment, but I've, I've, I've shared it. I did a lot of that in high school. Um, and, uh, I'm just looking around my room thinking about it, but. Do you read? I do. You know, I like reading, but I'm, as I said, really ADHD and just have a hard time scheduling it. Um, kind of, kind of how it is. Um, you have a hard time scheduling your reading? Yeah, just like... I actually fully understand what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. I fully understand that because even if I really enjoy the book, I have a hard time committing to sitting down in silence for 20 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I set up a whole little area for it when I'm about to read. Like, I'll get a drink. Yeah. I'll get a like. Yeah, you can't get up again because like every time you do that, the <laughs> chance you just fuck off and do something else goes up <laughs> exponentially. Uh, no, that's so true. Yeah. The fact that I can work from home successfully is so shocking my parents would have never seen that for me mm-hmm. <laughs> with my energy level it's like I'm working two feet away from my fridge there's a tv in the room there's all this other shit I could be doing um and I don't that's, <laughs> very, is... that's very noble I'm <laughs> <laughs> I I have been working for home from home not 100 percent, 100 percent of my uh adult life but most of it really um yeah my first job my boss is just hated being in the office too i have never worked a friday in an office despite being an office job and it's nice you've lived a good life (laughs) i you know i optimize for uh ease and that you know influences my choices even in the arts a little bit because i'm just like i'm willing to try for something that i care about but i'm not a struggler for strugglers for struggling's sake yeah um and that's just kind of something, you know, I think that, I think you can say that all over me if you know me well. Um, and yeah, but you know, I'm, I am exploring right now actually, and kind of feel like I want to branch out and do something else. Um, so what kind of writing, by the way, what kind of writing did you want to get into? You know, it's really varied. I, I want to get into comedy writing. Like, we just saw Shay Dominguez's late night show, and that was a lot of fun. It was I think, great. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I thought it really, that really scratched a, kind of a, a type of show that I hadn't really seen, where you could just have kind of like jokes and situations and gags. Like, I hadn't seen a gag <laughs> in forever. <laughs> like, like the, the closest I have is me ripping off my shirt 
uh, to reveal the ref jersey in Soapbox, which you'll have to see. <laughs> I can't You'll wait. have to see. That's the only gag I have. It, like, true, like, I got, a, I got a bit that's not just a joke. Like, there's, like, a visual or whatever. Um, not, the definition of gag. Um, uh, yeah, that was, I love the setup of that. I, I guess it didn't really hit me that it's late night with Shane Dominguez, so it's going to be, like, a late night show. Yep. I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was envisioning, like, a variety show almost. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like the setup of it and how they even had, like, the bit. She had, yeah. like, a taped bit, how they do. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, I think it works incredibly well. Um, yeah, I could see you doing that, a version yeah. of that. Yeah, doing sketch, doing that. I mean, to some degree, I have considered getting into poetry. Um, I don't know where the fuck even to begin with that. I um, just spotted your Frank O'Hara poetry book, and I just want to say, I've been looking for this book at every Barnes & Noble I've ever gone into since I saw the movie Beastly with Vanessa Hudgens in it. And, and Wow. That is I, a, you know? Oh, that is a pull. I've never <laughs> seen it. I... I very vaguely remember it. I did not know Frank O'Hara uh, yeah, was like, a part of it. <laughs> that's like a big part of the movie. But okay. bookstores never seem to have that. That's well. You're I don't know why. To borrow it. I might. I might uh, take you up on that. But anyway, it just caught my eye. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, I. I have so many books up here. I've. I've not read all of them, <laughs> and a good portion of them are not mine. Uh, why do you read? Is it for escapism or um, entertainment? Good question. It can be, I would say not escapism. That actually, I generally take it as like a, a, a mind expanding um, kind of situation. Because it's like, I even really like, uh, I've had a very good experience with video games that are written by like people who want it to be a text. Like want it to be like, a re- like something you can parse and the writing is dense and interesting and not just sort of like there to get you to the next thing like the writing is the point like the you know i'm not gonna get too deep into this but there's a game called disco elysium that is just a book it's just tricking you into reading a book it has like a million it has a million words in it which and it's crazy it's great it's it, it's it's a fantastic game everybody should play it um and uh that that's that's really one. There's another one called Outer Wilds, which actually tells it with very little text, a story about trying to prevent the end of the universe and the futilities thereof. And it was a incredibly meditative experience. Um, and uh, you know, those have been those those two in particular have been very influential in terms of just like opening my mind to you know a lot of my fears a lot of my um giving me a chance to just kind of try things out as to who I am but also just you know I learned a bunch of stuff that I kind of never knew or never thought about and in books I really like that I mean I'm a fan of sci-fi um but I also like poetry that's kind of, you know, weird or has a very specific voice. Um, and uh, I also have a bunch of role-playing game books, which as much as those are about numbers and dice and stuff like that, I mean, a lot of them are kind of like tone setting. And uh, some of them, like, really have influenced, like, my the way I, like, write and talk. Um, mm-hmm. just Just because there's, like, sometimes very, like... 
this very specific like flowery language that you know is like really fun once you like get in the groove of it yeah. you know uh I love how on brand it is of you to have, like you said, a producer's kind of brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you like video games and books, and mm-hmm. so I love that you're into these interactive versions of them. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to just play it on my computer. I want to be a part of it. Yes. And I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's. Um, I like to think I'm fairly consistent. Can't. I think people can't always see it, but uh, you know. That is also my thing. You said you like patterns. I do like patterns. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. They're always there, whether we like it or not. Uh, (laughs) Why do you like patterns? Does it bring you comfort to know what to expect? Hmm. It's an interesting question. My first answer is that it's monkey brain and that we we're hardwired to do it uh and i it's probably the most i just indulge like an animal instinct and that just like there's just a strong uh reaction when i like figure things out i'm not even a big puzzle guy but i man when i find one that's like satisfying mm, that doesn't have a lot of sky in it yeah yeah it's like something that i can you know actually sink my teeth into yeah yeah. um it's like sudokus are too much sudokus are too much but i've I've done some smaller ones um you know what i love that i'm sure you do too are mm. those search and find games like i know there's one on delta if you've ever flown and you play the games yeah yeah i've played those yeah those are fun i love those games yeah no i i yeah it's like that gets that analytic kind of thing um yeah and they realize that they don't switch up the games on the Delta TVs. So every time I fly, I am trying to get to the next level of this game because they're only like 15. Uh, and I have like the first five memorized at this point. Like wow. I know where everything is. You're basically speed running it at this point. Yeah, yeah, to try to get I think you should do it. I think you should record it. I, <laughs> listen, there are some weird speed runs out there of games. Like, <laughs> like there's a speed run for like Freddy Fish. Did you play any no, of those no. or Pajama Sam or any of these? I, I haven't played a lot, honestly. Yeah, these were these were like kids' games. They were mm-hmm. literally just like, you just kind of clicked on things and stuff kind of happened. <laughs> and the way people do them, the speedruns are like three seconds long. And it's basically just like, they know exactly where to click for it. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Whoa. Yeah, if, if, yeah, if you ever want to find That's a new level. Time, I'm not that good. <laughs> no, neither am I, but, you know, you get, you get there, you get there. Um, that's so interesting. So, Riley, I, I have some questions for you. Please. Um, which is, you know, what gave you the idea to do this, um, this podcast specifically? Well, I enjoy listening to podcasts, Mm -hmm. and I recently started listening to one called Normal Gossip Mm -hmm. about, like, a month and a half ago. And it's supposed to be real-life gossip stories, but it's really just storytelling Mm -hmm. um, because they don't, like, give names or specifics or anything. But I don't know. I really liked how it felt like a conversation, and I realized that it brings me a lot of, I don't know calmness I guess to just not be in my own head all the time Mm -hmm. so I I enjoy listening to other people talk and Mm -hmm. as much as I cringe at listening to myself talk Mm -hmm. which is why I hate editing episodes Mm -hmm. but I love to hear other people talk and Mm -hmm. especially if you can really get someone talking about something that they're passionate about and even better if I don't know anything about it Mm -hmm. it's like new I just find that to be really interesting, and I've met a lot of people at improv that mm-hmm. are so deep, and I haven't even scratched the surface, and they seem, like, very, very cool. 
So I was like, this would be a great way to kind of have a conversation, like me literally have a conversation with a lot of people, but a way for other people to also get to know a lot about other people that they haven't gotten to meet fully yet. And maybe they'll find that they have more in common than they think, or maybe they'll just be interested in the conversation and that's that. But Mm -hmm. if it can provide someone else with some sort of peace of mind on like a morning walk, Mm -hmm. that would be um, a success to me. But um, are you a big podcast person? Have you ever wanted to start your own, or do you listen to them? Uh, I do listen to them. Um, I, I, you know, I listen to some smaller podcasts. I've actually been on a podcast that kind of had this exact same format. Really? It was just an interview thing. Um, and I really liked it. I It was during the pandemic, and I kind of actually wish, like, my friend who did it was you doing it more as, like, an archive of just, like... You know, this was somebody I knew at this very specific point in time. And again, you know, as a way for both him to remember us, but also other people, if they kind of want to get a sense of who they are. Yeah. Um, And I mean, what's funny is like one time I was listening to a later episode that was uh, a friend of mine talking and I knew a story that she was about to tell and it was a mess. Like it was, it was about like a terrible time. It was ultimately really (laughs) funny, but it was also really fucked up. And I, like, when I realized what it was about to be, it, like, I, I remember where I was. Like, I remember I was on a walk, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is about to be such a thing that's about to happen. And I'm sure there will be people listening to this podcast who will have a similar experience to that, um, which is, you know, a particularly interesting thing about doing a podcast about a community um, or at least, you know, heavily starting in, in, you know, one group of people who are kind of connected mostly by geography and yeah. time. Um, so I think that's really, that's really interesting. It kind of feels like a, it feels like journaling in a way. Mm-hmm. And I like that when people put timestamps on things, like talking about shows and theaters, like at this time, yeah. because I think it'll be interesting a year from now to listen to this and be like, oh, things have changed or, oh, we were doing that back then already. Like we're still doing it. Um, and I've journaled in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't do it consistently anymore because it's just, I don't love it enough to keep doing it every day. Mm-hmm. But I would read back on some of my old stuff. And I was like, I never remember that. I never remember that feeling or that experience. And so it was nice to be reminded like yeah. what my own experience was. And it also reminds you of how much things change as time goes on. In fact, actually, speaking of, where is this? Just here. I have. I actually. I kept a journal too. Oh, nice. Um, keep journals, but uh, they were these little ones. Uh, I'll keep them. I take improv notes. Um, I have several of these, but this is the one that I had. Um, I started it like the same week that the pandemic went down, and I've been kind of using it on and off. It's not done. It's still here, but like. Um, that's a cool it, timeline to have on paper. Like yeah, it really is. I like really, I got to the last page and I was like, how do I even summarize this? Like, yeah. cause I did, I tried to like take some, like what did I learn in this period? Um, I look back on my journaling from that same time period mm-hmm. from right before COVID because I had just graduated college in December mm-hmm. and then I went home to see my parents for a while. And then my sister and I went to Europe for like two and a half weeks and I was journaling for a lot of that time. So there's a lot of downtime travel and stuff. And um, 
I, it's kind of eerie to look back because I remember I really started to get to know one of my professors and some of my, like, I guess you'd call it a cohort, people mm-hmm. that are taking the same classes together a lot. I really started to get to know them and I hadn't really put much effort into it originally like I kind of went because I had to go but I wasn't really there to make friends and then I kind of at the end of it was like I really missed out you know like I kind of regrets so I remember um when I was on the plane leaving in February right before COVID I was journaling and I was like I just got to know all these great people I feel so left out that I'm leaving because I had decided to graduate early before I met all of them and really started to have friends because I was involved in like other activities that I was hanging out with people those people I did similar Um, Yeah, yeah. So that like my classmates weren't really people I was taking seriously, but then I was like in my journal, I was like, I'm so sad to leave. They're gonna have so much fun this semester. They're gonna be going (laughs) out together every weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel left out, you know. And then COVID happens less than a month later, and I went to school in California, so it was completely everything was completely shut down. I actually still lived there at the mm -hmm. time, Um, and like everything was online for the rest of the year and they didn't get to have a graduation or anything Mm -hmm. um it was supposed to be my graduation too but I wasn't planning on going so I was like I'm already gonna be gone but yeah it's just kind of interesting to look back and be like man I had no idea that if anything it was really good that I was leaving because it was about to get real messy you know in college and stuff but yeah what is um a fear that you generally have when you're in a social setting like if you're on stage or also if you're just like in a room full of people what's something that you're insecure about a lot actually no really mm-hmm. you seem so i don't know a better way to put it other than smooth <laughs> uh it i don't want to say it's practiced because it isn't like you know it's like I, I can't be like this yeah but it's a lot of confidence projection and also i mean i'm not somebody that really has my sense of self tied up in other people's perceptions of me like i disconnected that a long time ago um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been an estranged person a lot of my life. I'm usually an odd man out, somebody who isn't necessarily like a part of the communities that I run in. And honestly, as of late, I have been really contemplating on that and why that is, you know, is it you know, just kind of natural to, like, if I want to be this person, that's kind of the cost of it. Um, Or have I been seeking the wrong communities? Or have I just been unlucky? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I'll be straight up. It's like, I have a real fear of just people down the line just, like, really fucking getting a, you know, a bee in their craw about me and, like, actively working to make my life hell. It's happened. Really? Yeah. Like, several times. Like, um, and I feel like such a fucking conspiracy theory theorist about it, but like at this point, I mean, I am gun shy about it, um, mm-hmm. and am more guarded than you might expect um, because of that. Um, well, you feel very warm and welcoming to from the outside. Like nothing about you comes off as guarded. Maybe you come off as protective of yourself, but it's coming from like a warm place. Well, you know, I definitely adopted the strategy of put out what you want back, you know, put out. And, and I have had mixed results with that, but the alternative is just to be a miserable motherfucker and, you know, just not be nice to people. Um, yeah. And I just don't really have that in my heart. 
I, I just really don't. And I genuinely, I mean, I that that warmness is genuine, but it is to some degree protective, be because I, you know, it's not that I really care if everybody likes me, but I am worried about people getting pissed off at me, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like when when it when it is something that really pisses somebody off it is the most innocuous thing like like i've i you know it's like as everybody has you know you've said something and be like oh my god i'm such a fucking like asshole or you know whatever i'm so embarrassed about that it's never that it's like never stuff that like i wish i could like go back and have you know never done and it's not those aren't even that bad but like you know conscious or whatever yeah. uh it's you know just like the way i carried myself or, you know, just who I am. Like, literally, no behavior, no specific incident. Just don't like me. And I feel like such a fucking nerd complaining about that. Um, what? Like, First of all, being a nerd is not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and I am a huge fucking nerd. I, I am. But I guess... That's I guess, so fun. It's so fun to be a nerd. Oh, yeah. You see my... You see my yeah. shit here. I'm, it's I'm a so huge... fun. It is, and I have no shame over that. I guess, I guess what I mean when I say that is like, I feel like I'm whining. I feel like oh. I feel like I'm whining, um, and, and maybe even that is perhaps my biggest anxiety of all is that I do feel very nervous about expressing like where my head actually is at, and I mean it's really combined with just like an an ironclad determination by me to let people feel however they're going to feel about me like to not get mad at somebody for not liking me liking me you know not working about it because that's their choice like you know they're free they're free and independent people and i and if somebody likes me i want them to like me because they do and that's and that is what i have found is i have i have found friends in the strangest places oftentimes the people who really like me i am surprised i'm just like what what do you like what do you mean like like it's like i get what i like about you i have no idea what you like about you me you really wouldn't know what somebody liked about you i would really i mean i could guess but i would like i i you I, could guess what they're gonna say but that doesn't mean you understand why they feel that way or like i guess i would say i i can understand why i'm likable you know, or, like, why, why generally, you know, there's, like, a positive... But, like, the people who really like me, I'm just, like, what are you seeing in me? <laughs> like, 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 because you're seeing, you're seeing something. I, 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 it's, like, I don't want to say I'm confused. Like, I kind of, like, get it, but I don't know what. I can very rarely predict it. It's like, really? Yeah. Um, why is that? Is it just because you just don't think about it? Or are you genuinely, like... I don't know what about me would make somebody interested in me. It's probably closer to the second thing. I mean, you know, along with ADHD, I've, I've I'm, you know, I have depression and have, you know, been struggling with it at various levels for all, all my life. Um, and I mean, it's tied into that. But I mean, also, I do feel it's a little random. It's li- like uh, I was the <laughs> I was the bisexual man at a, uh, 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 sorry, let me see here. I was, I was the only, uh, bisexual man who's not religious at a Jewish lesbian Christmas. That is how I spent, that's my favorite what? Christmas I've ever had. Yes. Yes. Like what? Like they invited me. They were delighted to have me. We gardened. 
Like, <laughs> like that is what we did. It was so bizarre. And I was absolutely asked to be there. It was a bunch of people I didn't know. I only knew like one person there. Went great. And I, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Like I, like I can, I, I know what I'm doing. Like once I'm there, like I yeah. can just, I just be me and it's, and it's fine. Uh, but I don't, I have no idea how I got there. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's, I guess what Those I mean. Those are usually the best experiences. The yes. ones we were standing there like, how did this happen? But I'm not complaining. If I do have one habit, it's that I really do try to lean into those things and, you know, go, you know, have an interesting life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's part of it. I think that's why I end up in those situations. Like I'm mm-hmm. very open to them, but yeah. they come to me. They, they come they come to me. Uh, well, if you're open to meeting new people and you like it, you could really find yourself in a lot of random places because yeah. I feel like we both have that same attitude towards meeting people. Where I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, I see it as an experience, mm-hmm. you know, every time I meet somebody new. So I'm like, you know, whatever. I got invited to a Shabbat dinner when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I went, and it was at this really, really nice house, and at the time I lived in, like, a tiny dorm room, and I mm-hmm. didn't like my roommate, so it was like, kind yes, I want to go to this house and have d- free dinner, of course. Mm-hmm. And I met this Iranian exchange student, this male. Okay, when I first got there, I thought he was attractive. As we started talking, I was like, we're not compatible, you know, but, like, still nice, whatever. So we talked for a really long time, became friends. This was, like, a weekly dinner, and so I saw him a couple more times. Um, And then he started to, like, text and call me a lot, and, like, he was, like, messaging me on Facebook, and it was just, like, I don't know. I, I just, I told him something along the lines of, like do not contact me, like, you're getting a little much, like, you know, you're gonna need to relax, and he didn't take it very well, so (laughs) then at the end of that semester, I move into a house with a family, I'm tutoring their kids, Mm -hmm. and then I move into their spare bedroom, Mm -hmm. yeah, and (laughs) there's a McDonald's right down the street, and you know, I used to be really bad at snacking, where I would, like, go to, not, like, necessarily McDonald's, but, like, a gas station or Mm -hmm. whatever, like, at like eleven thirty and get something, mm-hmm. and it's the best. Yeah. It's still the best. I'm sorry to tell you, yeah. like it's it rules. It it is good. Uh, yeah, uh, why am I acting like I don't still do that now? <laughs> uh, but that, so, don't, that don't have to know. Um, but so then I go to the McDonald's that's literally two streets away. It's like almost in my neighborhood. It's right across the street, and <laughs> I pull up to get my food. And who is it but the guy from the Shabbat dinners, the Iranian exchange student. Apparently, he's a manager at this McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if it was a friend, great. But this guy didn't like me. Mm. So now I'm going to be frequenting this McDonald's. I will be there it's, in the it's, future. It's a bedrock of a community. It like, truly is. You can't is. avoid it. It yeah. is. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now this guy that's going to be there all the time hates me and also usually if i'm going through a mcdonald's drive-thru i'm going through something (laughs) (laughs) that's a pull quote i'm slightly unwell (laughs) (laughs) that's a pull quote put that on the put that on the front of of this podcast and okay sorry this is your interview and i keep talking but no i i suplexed (laughs) this back on you a while ago it's all good Um, but there's this one specific instance where i was filming Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I know vaguely of it. That's not the one where the guy gets shit faced. That's like CNN. Or yeah, something. that's that's the ball drop. This yeah. is oh, this is also New Year's. 
Well, but it's yeah. like a concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple. That I'm thinking of that one. It's because the one that, that takes guy, place in LA on TV, mm. but it's taped in advance. New York is the only live one. Oh, that that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, so we're taping it, and it was the longest day. It was like, wear cocktail dresses. I was in heels that weren't mine and weren't my size. And I so, have heard that this, this shit is awful yeah it, it i can confirm yeah. and so it was a long horrible day you know they feed you but it's like you don't really have time to eat it was just like a lot and then they were also throwing confetti on us because it's supposed to be like a new year's party and so i'm going through mcdonald's on the way home obviously because i get home at like 2 30 mm. and so i have like confetti in my hair i took off my makeup in the car on the way home like i'm wearing this cocktail dress that has like stains on it like i have blood on my feet just like a bad place and i pull up to the window and it's of course that guy that i know and he just looks at me and he was like are you okay and i'm like honestly thank you for asking like no i'm not okay i was like this mcflurry is about to change my whole life mcflurry can do that Mm. Yeah, but... Was he chill after that, or did he say, it's like, well, no, fuck you? I think he might have gotten fired, or he moved on to bigger and better McDonald's's, (laughs) because he wasn't there anymore, (laughs) luckily. (laughs) problems sort themselves out sometimes, don't they? Um, Funny how that works out. That's funny. Unless you want to wrap up, I do. I do. I do have oh, a question. I feel bad keeping you. So as no, long as you want to stay. No, I'm all good. I'm chilling. Um, well, I guess you know. You asked me about you know my social anxieties. I mean, I'm I'm curious for you because you are also a very curious person. You, um, I think you actually do really stand out amongst the people in you know the improv community we have right now because we have people are very friendly and very very nice, but. I think people don't, like, once they find people they want to talk to, they're really happy to not talk to anybody else. Like, they're really happy to do that. And that's uh, fine. That's really their right. I don't blame them. You know, it's like, I do that too. But It's natural, yeah. Yeah, it's natural. But, I mean, you really push against that. And, you know, or at least it uh, appears that way. I mean, at the very least, you know, it's like, there's a bunch of people that, like, I probably wouldn't have talked to much if, like, I hadn't known you. Really? You know, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. There's, um, like, they know me, but I, you know, it's like, I have a, you know, I, you, you were foot in the door there for me. I'm so uh, happy to hear that. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I mean it, yeah. It's like, and I figured that was a little what you were doing, I mean, intentional or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the networking thing, even if you... You know, it's like I've I've introduced so many people to like people who turned out to be like their best friend, you know, and they just mm-hmm. they go off. You know, it's like I don't necessarily hang out with either of them anymore. And, you know, it's yeah. like that's perfectly happy for me. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's like, well, you know, you asked me about my social anxieties. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about yours. Yeah. Well, I definitely have social anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets worse if I'm not around people for a long period of time. But it's not that I'm afraid of people or afraid of what people are thinking of me. I just get so in my head that I can't fully enjoy it when I'm preparing for it. Mm. When I'm there and I'm talking to people, I always have a really good time. And like you said, at improv, there's really nobody that I wouldn't want to hang out with and Mm. they're like it's really easy to fall into your groups and that's also good because it's good to have like a close group Mm -hmm. but I love to bring new people together because I think sometimes people don't connect for whatever surface level reason when there's like a really great friendship to be had there Mm -hmm. which is kind of why I try to talk to as many people as possible because if there's somebody that I enjoy being around I want to find them yeah not a lot of people know me actually longer than about 
since 2019. I kind of restarted my life in 2019. Um, it's not the first time I've restarted my life. I've, I've moved on by myself multiple times. And for reasons that were my choice and reasons that weren't my choice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because this has been a very solo journey you know um i've had i've had groups or whatever but the closest thing i had to like a real comedy partner he moved out of town for because he's incredibly talented and need to be in new york where people take this really fucking seriously <laughs> and he is and he's doing great and i love him to tears um but i also cry because he's gone <laughs> i also um, cry <laughs> <laughs> tears of joy and sadness um uh but, you know, it's just kind of been doing my own thing. You know, it's like I kind of became a producer because that was how I got on shows, you know. It was just yeah. doing myself. And, I mean, that remains pretty true just generally, you know, um, is, is that if you want to be on a show, make it. You yeah. You know, whatever it is, we've, we've got the space. Take advantage of it. Um, if you want to take it seriously, take it seriously. If not, don't. Uh, I'm attracted to that mindset though in people where they're yeah. like they want to do stuff they want to collaborate they want to make things they're not content with just watching yeah I really I really notice that in people and there are a few people in the community obviously yourself included who are just so active and constantly putting on shows in shows helping on other people's shows it's it's honestly admirable and I'm trying to do more of that part of it too is like I love helping people end up doing that you know, it's like, I think maybe, you know, my favorite, you know, the thing that like truly has brought me the most joy in my life is seeing people succeed long after, you know, I've known them that just, you know, I was able to give them a boost. I mean, part of why I like Soapbox is I can invite really non-traditional people. Like I, there was a woman that I just saw, she did was stand up set at an open mic. It was like, she'd said, it's like, yeah, I've, I've only done this a few times. Uh, her set was fantastic, and it was all based around the fact that she is she is a former sex worker. She, like, did it for, like, most of her life. She's now, like, in her 60s, and she's now a sex educator. And the bit, her set was amazing. I was like, I need you to come to Soapbox, which is my PowerPoint presentation competition show. I realize we've not talked about it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my reputation precedes me. Um, God, I hope not. I, I, I just I assumed hope. it did. <laughs> T- t- uh, edit that in later um, <laughs> we'll fix it in post yeah exactly um, <laughs> you know even if I never get a chance to work with these people again it was just you know uh, glad to be a part of their journey as yeah. much as they were a part of mine mm. isn't it funny how intangible the it factor is and having it and how some people have it and you can't explain it some people have it and you can't explain it but then yeah. other people you're like I don't know why whatever they're doing is how it's supposed to be done you know? Wow, that's actually, no, I really like that, how it's supposed to be done. You know, you, know, you can expose, you can expose the bones of what you're doing or not, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it literally goes all the way back here. I'm going to do my thing that I said. I'm going to go all the way back. You <laughs> asked what, <laughs> I'm taking it back, and I said, I like people with a strong point of view, uh-huh. and, and that's, you know, how it manifests a lot of the times. It's, you know, it's like when they do things, that's how they want it to be. There's no, like you know not even necessarily they're not experimenting but that like there's a real purpose and thought and care and that just that just tells me so much about who they are because they have to give a shit they have to have skills and know how to even 
be able to do it, even imagine it happening. And then three, they have to kind of be a little brave to, to put it out there and do it and, you know, risk their ego and stuff. It's like, I, you know, bruise my ego all the time. And I just really take it on the chin. Like I really, I won't let myself do anything but that. Um, but you know, it's, I fully, you know, I'm also just like, Ooh, it hurts to get rejected or, mm-hmm. you know, have something fall apart or feel like something really is out of your reach. Even if you like think you can do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it can hurt even if I suck it up. And so I, you know, I am attracted to those people that like have a way they want to live and live it. Always expected myself to change more than I have. Really? Yeah. How so? I I just kind of expected to be a different person to just mellow out, maybe. Like, it's even even a simple way to do it. And while, you know, certainly, you know, it's like there's maturity and all this. And there's stuff like, you know, they say it's like your brain's not fully formed until you're 25. And, like, I knew that before I was 25 and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm a dumbass teenager. Or, you know, like, I was 18 on stage. I was like, I'm a dumbass. Like, and (laughs) I know it. Thanks for the free stage time, idiot. You should not have put me up there. Like, absolutely not. Especially not shit-faced as I was. That's fun. It's like, you gave me a mic? Really? Yeah, you gave me a mic and three drinks? Perfect. Great. Like, and even at the time, I was like, I'm a stupid, I'm a stupid idiot. And that's fine. That's what I should be right now. Uh, but, like, even once I got to, like, 25 and a little bit older, I just look back and it's like, wow. I really was changing so much like so fast so frequently and but or you know and the transition word mm-hmm. um i can still really see myself like a lot, a lot of my priorities were the same you know what i really liked i just kind of it's in different contexts um uh but like it's it's weird in a lot of ways i really feel like i've been like mining away of like shit that's been put on me to to get back to the person that i i kind of always knew i was in a lot of ways i can't get away from like i can try and push push it down or you know keep it kind of tucked aside because it's might be a little weird you know it's like just me being adhd is one huge being a huge nerd is another um uh many many things and it's a good combo right there oh oh it makes me fun at parties <laughs> oh you know me when I start... you are fun at parties <laughs> well you that's are. that's because i'm an instigator and that's what everybody wants at a party they just don't know it um so talk about that at your next party uh but you know it's i feel like i can't escape who I am and is that a curse or a blessing that like I really do feel like they're core parts of my personality that have good 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 things about them bad things about them Mm -hmm. but really and truly the only thing I've learned is I can't suppress them like Mm -hmm. you know if I try to not be like kind of an over enthusiastic kind of like over analytical person who you know wants to think about things and, and like experiment and all of that. If I suppress that, I'll either get so bored and so nervous that it will be miserable to, you know, do what I'm doing, whether it be improv or, you know, just meeting new people or what have you, or it'll just slip out anyway. 
like I'll just be I'll just start talking and it's it's you know as if there's I I was I wasn't trying to keep my chill at all yeah. and you know it can be a real record scratch moment mm-hmm. um uh, Do you change your personality a lot when you're around people or in social settings, or is there is there not much of a difference between you and your comfort zone and you outside of your comfort zone? I think it is less of a difference than what people would expect. I think I think a, I think I certainly expect me to be different in public, and I mean I'm certainly like on you know and and you know talking to people and being active and what have you. But really and truly, it's like, if I'm really engaged in something at home, I do the same thing, you know, it's, it's, uh, just kind of how I am. And, but I think I've been told that I'm mysterious or, or like people don't really know what's up with me. Like not, not necessarily in a negative mm-hmm. way. They're just like, you seem to be on your own shit. Uh, well, I think really nice people are often misunderstood in that way because it almost comes off, at least from my perspective of you, I was like, he can't be this nice all the time. Actually, same with Jean, because he's also very friendly and nice. Mm. And when I first met him, I was just like, he's so fake. <laughs> Who's that nice? That's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so annoying. Um, but uh, he is that nice. Yeah. And then you're the same way. But I'm always a little suspicious of this is better than therapy i'm sorry i had to cut i had to cut us short <laughs> we could have kept going I cut, I cut you long good lord <laughs> like no 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 no, no. no. but seriously thank you <laughs>